It's showtime, folks! Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Here we go. Live from the White Call Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson and Dawson Wise joining you on a Friday night. Uh, the weather, now 67 degrees outside. Crazy to think. <laughs> Great weather now. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm wearing shorts and a, and a polo. <laughs> and last week, I was bundling up like I was headed to Aspen. A, a big change here in the weather, but we love it. And uh, we love that you're joining us today. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop in and join our Friday night edition of Overtime. And later on in the hour, we'll talk about the best in the Big Orange. We'll give our top five quarterbacks all time to wear a Tennessee uniform. As always, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour. But we begin today's episode with the Vols heading to Vanderbilt tomorrow night to take on the Commodores. The fifth-ranked Tennessee men's basketball team heads to the state capitol to face Vanderbilt Saturday night in Memorial Gymnasium. Uh, Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. Eastern time. And Saturday's game features the 14-4 Tennessee Volunteers that are 4-1 and in the SEC. And the Commodores, who are off to a rough start, uh, I guess is a, a nice to way say to say it. 5-13 uh, and 13 on the year, 0-5 in SEC play. And that game will be played on SEC Network. Uh, Tennessee rolled to an impressive 91-71 home victory over Alabama last Saturday. Uh, Fifth-year guard Don Connect dropped 25 points, becoming the first SEC player in over three years with four straight 25-point outings as the Vols claimed a wire-to-wire triumph at a sold-out Food City Center. Uh, Vanderbilt, on the other hand, fell to Mississippi State 68-55 in their last outing last Saturday and remain winless in SEC play. Now, I hate to bring up a bad memory here, everyone, but last year the Commodores defeated the Vols on a buzzer beater to upset the sixth-ranked Vols 66-65. Tennessee is going into this game at number five in the nation, very close to six. I'm not calling for an upset, but what are the keys to the game to avoid another upset in Vanderbilt? Three keys for me. First one I think is arguably the most important, and that is to set the tone. Set the tone and set it early. Uh, You saw that against Alabama, Florida, and Ole Miss, and that's a big contributor to why you won those games and why you handled those games really well. 
if you can do it against an inferior Vandy team, they're not going to be able to respond. I, I don't think they're not playing good enough basketball, even on their home court. Um, so get on them, get on them early, yeah. uh, and just don't allow them to ever be in the game. Set the tone, control the pace, uh, and you can go from there. Uh, second for me is the resurgence of the role players. You saw it a lot against Alabama. I think if you continue to have that, that's a big key as well. Mm-hmm. Not only for this game, but for the future. Yeah. Um, for some of these big matchups coming up, Vescovy and Ganey, I think specifically, um, are the two guys that you want to see continue to roll. Um, now that you've got them back, uh, you want to see them continue that and make it consistent. Don't don't just have it against Alabama. Have it mm-hmm. against everybody, um, and that'll be a great sign there. And then the final one for me is solid play down low. You know what you're going to get out of Adu and Awaka, I think, at this point. They're going to be consistent, and this is a good opportunity to do that. And you're not facing a super high-powered team offensively or defensively. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to put up numbers um, and continue the confidence boost, I think, that you're getting down low with those two right now. Yeah, first off, you know, last week one of the keys to the game against Alabama was make sure you control the pace at home. You're the home team. You've got to set the tempo. Now, heading on the road, you've got to make sure that Vanderbilt doesn't do that exactly. at home. Um, uh, Jerry Stackhouse yesterday was very um, excited about the matchup, saying that the Vanderbilt fans have to make sure that Tennessee fans uh, go home as sad as they did last year. Um, I, I think Tennessee's got to come into that game knowing uh, if even if the Vanderbilt faithful show up to that game, uh, Vanderbilt believes they can win this game. So you've got to be able to set the tone early and make sure they know why they're winless in SEC play and why you're the fifth-ranked team in the nation. So first off, make sure you set the tempo on the road. Uh, second off, I want to see a couple other guys, like you mentioned, get involved. That This is a, a Vanderbilt team that is not as good uh, as some of these other teams you've played against this season. A great opportunity to get Viscovi back involved, Josiah Jordan-James back involved, Ganey continuing off a really good game against Alabama. This is a good opportunity for those guys to shine because – this could be a game that gets their rhythm back and gets their confidence back, and that could be big going forward. Um, so I'd like to get those guys involved as well. And the other thing I'm looking for is perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Last time we went to Georgia, our last road game, uh, allowed 14 three-pointers. It was messy. It was not what Tennessee basketball and Tennessee defense is. And they've got a couple guards that can really play um, and, and take up a lot of their offense, which we'll allude uh, to here in a minute. But um, I think you've got to be really good perimeter-wise uh, defensively because uh, on the road, home cooking, they're, they're shooting on their own rims, can't allow them to get hot. So my keys of the game, make sure you set the tempo and don't let the other team, the home team, set that. Um, get a couple of these other guys involved, Escovi, Josiah, Jordan James, and Jordan Ganey. Um, this is a great opportunity for them to get some rhythm going. And finally, make sure you're uh, guarding the perimeter, um, something you struggled doing in your last outing on the road. Uh, Vanderbilt is 1-9 in their last 10 games and is 366th in scoring, averaging 67.2 points per game. Not a good offensive team. Um, Will the Vols, who just held Florida and Alabama to season lows in back-to-back games, hold Vanderbilt to under 67 points, which would be under their average, and something they haven't achieved, Vanderbilt, uh, in their last four games? I would say so. Uh, It feels like this defense has its mojo back after some rough outings, especially that outing in Athens. Uh, That was just a weird, almost an anomaly game for a team like this. Uh, I think against Alabama, you saw them get back to what is good uh, about that defense, what is solid. Uh, You played well down low, you played well on the perimeter, you forced turnovers, um, and I think you'll absolutely be able to do that again. I mean, you you hold an Alabama team to 71 that is shooting the lights out. Uh, Meanwhile, Vanderbilt, I mean, are they going to score you know four less points in Alabama I don't no. think so um, so you, you you could get another statement game here I mean you could hold them under 60 I think in this game realistically uh, if you play well if you play like you did against Alabama I think you could hold them uh, under 60 you cannot let teams score 
this many points that teams like this yeah uh that are that are only scoring 67 a game you can't let them get in the 70s you really can't let them get up in the 80s you know you can't have this happen again you already had it happen against georgia and that was already i think more than any of us wanted to see uh so you you can't do it you got to just make this you know take care of business Mm -hmm. and and play like you know how to play and you're going to hold them under that number yeah i'm looking for consistency like yeah Look, you get it done against Florida and Alabama. Uh, Florida is not as good of an offense as Alabama is. Alabama came in scoring 90 points a night, and you hold them to 71. So I want to see consistency. Even though it's not a huge rival in Florida or a really good team in Alabama, I want to see consistency that you can get it done no matter the opponent. You don't play up to someone's level. You always play the exact same way. So I'm looking for that in the matchup on Saturday. Uh, how important is it to handle business with the SEC as wide open as it is? Because we talked about it yesterday, and I think these kind of games is where you can kind of get tripped up. It happened last year. You can't go on the road and lose a game like this where you're severely the better team. Yeah, they're they're crucial. These games are huge. You can't afford to throw away these games. Uh, we've seen the Vols do it in the past in this game last season yeah, uh, and against Missouri last season come to mind. You've already done it this year in Starkville. Uh, I don't think you can afford one, let alone two. Um, so you know, take that as your throwaway game. Now you just you go you go on the road and take care of business. The, these guys are not, uh, you know, they're not Alabama. No. They're not Ole Miss. Even they're not Florida. Um, you know, this is a team that's not playing good basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot be intimidated by a road game, which is, I guess, a problem we've kind of talked about in the yeah. past. Um, if you lose this game, I almost think the question starts to seep back in everybody's minds again. Can the Vols win on the road Yeah, um, consistently? Uh, you know, if you're losing to teams like this on the road, uh, coming up on a trip to Rupp, by the way, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, you just you can't. Yeah. With, with, with the season like it is now, with, with everybody even at one loss, you can't lose these no. games. Not at all. Uh, Commodores get 43% of their scoring from Ezra Mangin and Tyron Lawrence, uh, both guards for them. Uh, Now, Georgia, as I alluded to earlier, got 48 points from their starting guards in the Vols' last road trip. Uh, What can the Vols do to neutralize uh, the Commodores' guard play? Uh, Toss the Georgia film out the window. Don't do that again, (laughs) Uh, first of all. That'd be a good start. Um, I think you play like you did against Alabama. They forced a lot of bad shots, forced a lot of turnovers, really got to Mark Sears mm-hmm. in a big way. Um, if you can do that again, put pressure on the guards. You know you're going to have good defense down low from Adu and Awaka when he's in the game, um, and a couple of your other of your other forwards. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so you know, get out there, let guys get out there and, and play tight to the guards. You know, make them go make a play. Uh, don't give them open looks. Don't give them open runs to the basket. Make their life hard. Um, and make them have to get past you to make a play. Uh, I think by doing that, you're going to cut them off. You may not be able to shut them down completely, but no one's able to. Uh, but if you can hold them to about the same number Sears had, even less mm-hmm. than that, I think you'll be just fine. One of the main advantages I think Tennessee has over a lot of teams in college basketball and the SEC is their length, yes. uh, especially on, on the perimeter. Um, having guys like Vascovi and Mayshack that can come in uh, and, and be those lengthy defenders. And we know Zakai Ziegler, what he is as a defender as well. So I was really surprised how badly the perimeter defense was or how bad the perimeter defense was against Georgia. I think there's an opportunity now to kind of, again, be consistent, show you can win on the road, and that your defense travels on the road as well. And I think it's almost to a T what they did against Alabama, mucking up the game, forcing bad shots, forcing turnovers. Alabama had a season-high 22, uh, and Sears had a, a career-high seven turnovers. So um, just mucking up the game, making it hard for them to get open shots. If they go in and they're contested, nothing you can do about it. But no more open shots and, and just – 
make sure that you are getting a contest on every shot. Uh, because a couple of times early in the season, especially that UNC game, uh, and, and really the Illinois game as well, there were a couple times where there'd just be wide open shots yep. that would either they'd miss them. But I mean, those are wide open shots that college basketball players can make. I mean, right. anyone at that level can make a wide open one. So I think it's just getting a contest and making sure you're switching off a pick and roll. If that happens, going over, knowing your personnel. Um, I think it's just making sure, and if I could button it all up, making sure your defense travels on the road. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you Just be aggressive. Fly around and make plays. Why does that have to stay in Knoxville? Yeah. It feels like sometimes they get a little bit timid maybe on the yeah. road playing defense. Play like you would at home. It works. I mean, who's to say it's not going to work on the road? Fly around. Be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Get in people's faces. I mean, you know, play tight man-up defense. I don't I don't get why that doesn't travel, and it feels like it doesn't travel. Yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, a pretty common thing, but it feels like to me they just they kind of take a step back, get real timid, and, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to fly around make a bad play. We're on yeah. the road. and I don't know. Just travel with the same mentality. Yeah, well, I think they're getting a pretty big plane for this game, so I think they'll, they'll, they'll pack their defensive suitcases as well. <laughs> um, let's fly over to the phones real quick. We've got Westchester on the line. What's up, Westchester? Westchester, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. How no, no doing, worries. Guys? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to steal any thunder for later in the show, but I have a couple uh, early betting questions for you. Sure. If I may. Um, I've got a I've got a four-leg parlay in, in mind, okay. and um, it would be five, but I, I, I try not to bet on Tennessee. Yeah. So I, I'm mixing basketball and football. Okay. I really want... Before I get to the second part of it, the first part, I really want to take both of the underdogs plus in the NFL. Am I insane or no? no. I'm not insane at all. I will say the Lions is probably the most bet side this week. Um, and, and I don't know if, if you, I guess, care about how many people are betting on one side, but I know Detroit is the most public side of the week. A lot of money line tickets, a lot of plus seven and a half tickets. Um, and I, I, I do. A lot. Yeah, it, it's a lot. I think they've got um, 70, 75% of the, the yeah. handle this week. And these are big games, so that's a lot of money and a lot of tickets. Um, I, I mean, we're going to dive into the Lions uh, and 49ers game here in a little bit, in, in both games, that is. Um, I, I think your best, better bet is banking on Mahomes as an underdog. Yep. Um, the Lions, the 49ers defense is just really good. So it's going to be a tough. Uh, tough ask for Jared Goff to travel on the road and, d- and get that done. And the Lions' defense, in, in particular, their secondary is, is really, really bad. Ranks 27th in the NFL. Um, so if I were to take the underdog, um, I, I'd more so side with the Chiefs. Um, I, I think the 49ers are probably the better play, even though me and Dawson both ha- have questions about Brock Purdy. Even at seven and a half, you think it's um, what's the What's the alternate you would you would think about for the Lions? If I can ask you that, uh, I mean, if you could get uh, if you could get Lions at like ten and a half, ten and a half, that'd be you know that's a two possession game, and likely these games don't end up in blowouts. Um, and I mean, the Lions are a really good offense, uh, really good offense, and 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 Jared Goff has done a really good job against zone coverage, and that's 49ers play. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, this is also the first time they played away from home in the playoffs. So yes, it is. I mean, yes. It's, gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. Yes, most definitely. So it's a, definitely a very losable game. I just uh I might try to tease up a ten and see what I can get. Yeah. Um SEC hoops. Yeah. Um uh, Kentucky minus and uh 
I think it's uh, Kentucky minus and Auburn minus. Yeah, I, I love those two yeah. bounce back spots for both teams. Uh, Kentucky coming off a, an embarrassing loss out south at South Carolina, where uh, they really never had a, a real shot at that game, and Auburn rivalry game on the road that's a tough environment to play in um down the stretch almost made it a, a game to where they could have won um just alabama had a response every time auburn did so i like i love bounce back spots westchester especially in college basketball um so i i like both kentucky and auburn yeah the uh the kentucky game has me um almost scared because i think i'm uh super reason i don't bet tennessee i'm just a little over over emotional about state you know what i mean that that loss is still there. It still hang. It still stings a little bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I think uh, Kentucky can probably cover that. Yeah, and I will Kendall. say Arkansas hasn't played well uh, as of late either. I know they're at Bal- Bud Walton tomorrow, which is a tough environment to play in. But you'd think Kentucky uh, will be able to bounce back, especially with Cal Perry. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. I got that screwed up. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, not not that I'm going to do it because I'm smarter than that. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> but. Tennessee can can win down. I mean, I know Bandy's bad, but it's a hard. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, I mean, Memorial is not what it used to be when you had to be. The coaches were on the end line, so it's uh, you know it's, it's not the same place it used to be. But yeah. Tennessee's line is pretty high, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, what what is? I haven't even seen fifteen it. and a half. Fifteen is and a half. Um, I'll tell you what. Sometimes those high lines are, are scary. Um, I, I've taken. I took two of them this week. Uh, I faded one and took one. I took Purdue seventeen and a half against Michigan at home, um, and then I faded Arizona last night on the road. And yep. They ended up losing that one outright. Um, but I, I, I mean, Vanderbilt is a really bad basketball team. I mean, I'm talking losses to Presbyterian. Have lost one out of nine um, and have the thirty three hundred sixty six worst offense in the country. That they, they, they're struggling. Um, so, I guess this is just where it sucks to be a nug of all and always have the cup on thinking yeah. the game's going to turn their season <laughs> yeah. around. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little older than you guys. I've seen this. I've seen this show before. So yeah, I think yeah. I'll. Uh, I think I'll avoid that and bet the other four guys. Thank you. I'll enjoy the rest of the show and uh, uh, have a good one. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it, Westchester. You have a good weekend as well. Um, let's see. Now let's let's get into our over and unders. Now these are not betting uh, official betting lines or anything, but just some fun over unders here um, for a, a couple of trends with the Vols. So Dalton Connect is averaging 32 points per game in his last four. Uh, are we going over or under 28? Because that 39-point that performance kind of rises it up. So I wanted to get a more manageable number. 28, over or under 28 points for Don Connect over, tomorrow. Over. This feels like a game that he can take over. Um, and just go do what he does best. Uh, Vanderbilt, just like we said, not not a very good basketball team right now. Um, and 28, I think, is a, is a decent number. I think he could go 30, 31, 32, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not 40, but, you know, touch 30. Um, and, and do enough to to pretty solidly win this one for mm-hmm. Tennessee. Uh, to me, so the, I I know this kind of defeats the purpose of the game, but <laughs> I could see it under if what we talked about earlier, getting other guys involved. Now, if That's that true. were to happen, you know, Vescovi gets ten points. Josiah Jordan James gets eight to ten points. Uh, Ganey gets. Uh, you know, two or three threes, and that's where I th- I think I could see him connect more in the twenty twenty five area. Um, but if those guys don't get involved and, and they don't they're not able to hit shots on the road, don't connect over twenty eight points. That's your go to guys of yep. late. Vanderbilt doesn't really have a guy that could guard him. 
I, I, w- I would say over 28 there, but I, I could see an under situation if those those uh, those uh, complimentary pieces in Viscovi and and Josiah Jordan James and Ganey get rolling. Um, jo- Jonas Adu averaging 9.6 rebounds per game in his last three. Jonas Adu over under nine rebounds. Uh, I'm gonna say under, but I hope I'm wrong. Uh, okay. It's it's not like he's gonna go out there and have three, uh, but I just I don't see him getting over that nine number. I see like seven eight. And that's a good night, I think, for Adu on the boards. It'll be like eight boards to go with a double-digit mm-hmm. points night. Um, nine, it's just it's a lofty number. Um, so I like the under, but again, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go under as well. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at like an eight. Yep. Um, but I, I think if he's still able to control the glass uh, enough, hopefully not having to get a lot of rebounds for Tennessee, but more so kind of dominating the glass defensively, um, I, I could see the, the eight range being a good number. A lot of – a lot of shots kind of, you know, I guess, dinging off the the rim. A lot of opportunities for some guards to get some rebounds. I'll go eight for Adu, under nine rebounds. The Vols are averaging 8.33s per game in their last three. Vols over or under eight threes. I'll begin here. Um, I'm going to go over. Um, I, I think that Tennessee has shown in the last uh, handful of games that they've really gotten their three-point shooting rolling. Um, and I, I think if you're able to relate that on the road, especially against a team that isn't very good defensively, and let's be frank, not very good at all, um, I, I think eight threes is very achievable. And and, and you know, Jordan Ganey and Don Connect combined could almost hit that number. Um, it, it feels like so. I'm gonna go over eight threes. Yeah, I'm gonna take over as well. This feels like a night that you can get the role players back in. I think you could easily get two plus each from from DK, from Zakai Ziegler, from Ganey, and from Vescovy alone, and that doesn't even factor in Josiah Jordan James. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could very easily go over eight. You could have several of those guys get more than two each. I mean, it, there's so many possibilities for bounce back games for some of those guys for DK to be who DK is and make a few threes, um, and for the Vols to easily get over eight threes. All right, let's head to the phones real quick. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We've got Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy? What up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. So, uh, William, guys, I don't know if you've heard of, like, this Daily Fantasy app, Prize Picks. It, I have, uh, recent, yeah. It recently got live in Tennessee, so it's now illegal. Oh, did it really? Really? Yeah. I think it went live yesterday i got like an update on twitter on my phone about it there you go yeah so uh william you ready for my best bets tonight i am hit me with it first one we are going with devin booker over 33 and a half p plus r points and rebounds okay all right so devin booker what was that number again 33 and a half points and rebounds yeah okay and on uh, he looked up to Kobe Devin Booker. So uh, on Kobe Bryant Day, we're going with Devin Booker forty plus points plus five hundred. Wow. Okay, I like that. That's ambitious. Good number. We're going. We're going Blazers Spurs under two thirty. Okay. And we're going Maris and Niagara under one thirty two. Maris and Niagara. I like that one. Um, so yeah. two unders. So we got under in the Spurs and Portland game. Yep. Um, and then we have the under in the Ni- – is it Niagara or Niagara Falls? It's uh, Niagara and Maris. Just Niagara. Because yeah, okay. I know Niagara. there's a Niagara there Falls, is, yeah. too. 
Um, funny, yeah. I know that I was having a conversation the other night, and the Niagara Falls mascot or the Purple Eagles. Uh, not necessary, oh, wow. but um, <laughs> just a random fact. Uh, and then we also have uh, Devin Booker over on the points and rebounds at 32 and 33 a half. 33 and a half. 33 yeah. and a half. Um, and you should hit that number if he gets to 40 and that plus 500 hits. So, um, oh, yeah. Would, lo- would love for you to hit that. I think he. Uh, I think he'll definitely drop a forty ball tonight for yeah. uh, honor of Kobe. And keep in mind, no Tyrese oh, yeah. Halliburton again for the Pacers. But yeah. the Pacers last night got it done uh, against the Sixers. Um, Ruined my bet. Yeah. Um, but oh, look, they, they're they've got a track meet every time they play. So these two teams very high in pace. Um, very easily could get uh, well over the total, and also a lot of points for Devin Booker as well. So I like I like that, Joshy. I just think that's. Too much value to pass up on the plus five hundred. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about tomorrow's game against Vandy? Do you think Falls cover that big spread, or do you think Vandy covers it? Yeah, this is one of these games, uh, in, in particular for when you're when you're trying to cap your your team. Uh, I, I just kind of let this one go and just watch your team watch your team play and enjoy it. Um, I, I wouldn't want to have to sweat over a fifteen and a half bet. Uh, because if yeah. they went by 14, you're going to be excited, but also a little bit pissed off that they didn't cover the spread. So I, I'd let that one lay. There are a lot of better games on the slate to be able to cap tomorrow. Um, and, and we gave our keys to the game a little bit earlier. Um, I, I think we, we were, Dawson and I both kind of agreed here, or Dawson and I both agreed here, excuse me, um, that you know you got to make sure you set the pace and, and set the tempo on the road. Can't let Vanderbilt control how you play. Um, also want to see a couple of these uh, other pieces on the team outside of Connect, Adu and Ziegler get involved, like a Josiah Jordan-James, like a Vescovi, like a Ganey. Get those guys involved. Get them some confidence, and that can help build towards the rest of the season because we all think and know what you know Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James are capable of, and we saw what Ganey did earlier in the year. Um, getting those guys back involved and back being consistent, I think, is huge for a long-term run for Tennessee. Uh, and then, and then defense. You know, making sure you're getting stops on the perimeter, uh, very similar to what you did against Florida and Alabama. Just kind of mucking up the game, making sure that they're not getting off easy shots and creating turnovers. I think those were uh, those are our keys to the game, at least. And I, I think this should be a, a good win for Tennessee. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys think about tomorrow, Iowa State being a favorite at home against Kansas? Do you think Kansas drops another road game tomorrow? Yeah, this is an interesting one because um, the the trend this year, um, and and Nevada and Alabama both won on Wednesday, uh, now makes it 9-12 and on the year. So it's it's, uh, unranked teams. Uh, Is Iowa State ranked now? Yeah, they're at number 23. 23, okay. Um, well, I guess they don't necessarily fall in this criteria, but it's these home teams that are lesser than the team they're playing against, like you know, a, a top ten team. Um, they've been covering at a nine nine out of tw- or excuse me, uh, nine out of twenty one rate. So it's a little bit different this year because I think the betting markets have adjusted to last year where it hit at a sixty six percent rate, and right now. People are missing bets because of the spreads are too high, but the teams at home are still winning the games. Um, so it, it's something I'm looking at, and, and when I take my bets as well, I took Alabama three and a half the other night because I think they would. I thought they'd win by double digits, um, and they were midway through that game, and then Auburn crept back into it. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing 
uh, Kansas dropping back to back on the road. Now they got it done against Cincinnati, or Cincinnati earlier in the week uh, at home, but um, you have a hard time believing that a team coached by Bill Self and with all that talent and Hunter Dickinson would lose back to back road games. What do you think, Joshy? I agree with that, but I'm probably going to end up being on Iowa State tomorrow. I think. Vegas knows something with uh, Iowa State being yeah. a three-and-a-half-point favorite, though. So. No, I, I I totally agree. I, I My thing is, um, in just terms of the number, like if it were a two-and-a-half, like last year these type of games yeah. were either pick-ems or one-and-a-half, and now the betting markets have adjusted to where it's like three-and-a-half now. So it's a little bit of a, a lesser number. Um, but, I, I mean, Iowa State three-and-a-half, definitely the sharper play. I, I mean, I, I'll probably end up taking it myself if I decide to bet on the game. Yeah, so uh, I asked this on the previous radio show. Who out of our wide receiver room this season do you think will be the odd man out of like playing time? Uh, good question. I, I, the first one off the top of my head, Dante Thornton, um, and I loved I, I loved him last year. I mean, I, obviously his production was not great, but I loved him coming into the year. I thought he'd be really good. Um, he just had a really tough time catching footballs and. Um, uh, just really never got any rhythm. His deep ball threat and 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 deep ball, I guess, ability to win on a deep ball is really good. Um, but he yeah. struggled a lot of times on short yardage plays, just kind of those slant routes and quick passes. Um, and adding a guy like Chris Brzezel, very similar frame to him. I could see Thorne getting lost out of the mix. Dawson, what do you say? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it's unfortunate because, again, I think he provides a threat to your offense, but I just don't think there's going to be a place for him. Um, in the starting three especially, I mean, you've got that already pretty much figured out at this point uh, with Bruce Squirrel and, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then behind them, would you rather play Thornton or would you rather give reps to a guy like Mike Matthews? I think you take take the future and get him involved now so yeah. that you know when you're into 2025 especially he can step into that number one role and be that guy so unfortunately it's it's going to be Thornton that's odd man out yeah so uh one more question out the door William what do you think about uh your Grizzlies being a six point underdog at home to not the magic would you take your Grizzlies or the Magic? Have a good night, guys. Thank you so much for the call, Joshy. Yeah, uh, look, the Grizzlies right now is it's it's tough because they've got a ton of G League guys that really want to play. This is their opportunity to prove themselves in the league. The other night, Scottie Pippen Jr., uh, Gigi Jackson, uh, a guy that was at South Carolina last year, was in the G League, now back up with the big guys. Um, uh, Jacob Gilliard, a 5'7 point guard from Richmond. They're very hot and cold. Vince Williams, a guy is that just got or just got signed to a full deal, was a two-way guy. Uh, so what you've got right now with this Grizzlies team are a lot of players that are trying to prove themselves in the league. Um, which bodes well in terms of playing hard every night. This is a team that doesn't really have anything to play for anymore. Um, I don't know if I take the minus six or the, the plus six. Um, however, uh, I, I think Orlando is a really good team and very uh, similar in youth. They can run with the Grizzlies, who are right now really, really young, um, even younger than they already were. So I'd probably stay away or take the Magic. Um, when we come back, we'll head to Patrick on the line and give our best in the Big Orange, our top quarterbacks in Tennessee football history. Stay right here on Overtime. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just got to start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get White Claw Vodka Soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. 
Try the all-new White Claw Vodka Soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and 2 grams of sugar. White Claw Vodka Soda. Please drink responsibly. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I met her down at Alpine. She said that she saw me walking in about a mile away. Bing just had to take her phone and I just took her smile away. She said I'm too drunk and crazy. She don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join this. She said she take Heading into the weekend with some Broadway girls. <laughs> uh, we'll let that be. All right, let's head to the phones real quick. We got Patrick on the line. What's up, Patrick? Oh, oh, oh. Condrick Holloway, baby. He was the quarterback of all time. He is uh, definitely on my list. <laughs> That's the only one I could even try to try to rhyme with. Ho ho ho! But there you yeah. go. I like it. Holloway, ho ho ho, ho ho Holloway. I guess we can get with that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> very much so. So we're so the question is all time great quarterback. Yes. So you've got obviously. Connor Holloway, um, he didn't go to Alabama because he would not have played quarterback at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, that has that is a, that's a fact that's been in print. Mm-hmm. That's no secret to anyone who knows anything about 
SEC and college football at the time. But um, what other names have you gotten today? I don't want to rename. I'll give one more if it hasn't been said. No, it's it's actually our, our upcoming segment. Um, or I guess Ooh. we're doing it right here. Um, we're welcome to do it with you if you want to do yeah. it. You want to do it? Yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. So, um, at, let's see. At five for me, I got Casey Clawson, the Iceman. Um, yeah. And he was so good on the road. What was like thirteen and one? Fourteen and one. Fourteen and one on the road record, uh, which is just just shocking. I mean, it's it's hard to win on the road in college football. Um, I think Clawson is kind of one of those guys that's very underrated. Um, and right. I I, th- I think he's at five for me. Uh, Dawson, who do you uh, have at for five? me at number five? I kind of figured I would put my modern era guy here at number five. Um, and I, I had I had a tie. Uh, I could not decide between Josh Dobbs and Hendon Hooker. Um, I think for Hendon, you have to look at what he did to rejuvenate the the program. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought us back to relevance, um, and that was the best single season I have seen in my lifetime. Um, just live with my own eyes, um, just watching him work. Uh, he's an outstanding talent, outstanding quarterback, and now he leaves a foundation for the program going forward. So I had to put him on there. Josh Dobbs, and we know what he did in his four years, kind of became a, a, a legend here around Knoxville mm-hmm. for some of the moments that he was a part of, the, the 2016 Florida game, the 2016 yeah. Georgia game, uh, among other games. In 2015, Georgia comes to mind as well. Um, but just the consistency, I think he was able to do it with. Uh, he finishes, I believe, fifth all-time in passing touchdowns at UT. Mm-hmm. Adds, uh, what did I see, 32 rushing touchdowns, which yeah. an incredible number. Uh, he's, you know, the electricity for me uh, had to be added to the list. That's I just kind of put my modern era guys at number five. Yeah. Um, and I will say I had my, my honorable mention was, was Condridge Holloway because I think – um, the, the guys ahead of him uh, just were a little bit better, but uh, I wanted to do, I, I did want to give some credit to Condridge Hallway, uh, the artful Dodger. I know we had the jerseys yes. uh, kind of uh, that, that paid homage to him right. this year. Uh, twenty five nine and two and led Tennessee to three straight bowl appearances. Now you might be saying, William, what does bowl bowl appearances mean? Well, back in the day, it meant a lot to make it to a bowl. Yeah, and Tennessee yeah. made it three times in a row. Uh, three thousand one hundred two yards and rushed for nine hundred sixty six during his three seasons in Knoxville. Um, wanted to give uh, Condridge Holloway some love right there. Um, my number four is Heath Schuler. Um, he went eighteen and five and one in two years as a starter and finished second in the nineteen ninety three Heisman Trophy race behind Florida State's Charlie Ward. Um, even though he left for the NFL his junior year, um, at the time Schuler virtually held uh, every passing record in Tennessee history. Yeah. Now uh, we know the sheriff came in town and, and <laughs> shattered all those records, but um, he's Schuler at four for me. I have Clawson at number four. Um, I, I actually have Schuler as the honorable mention here. I hated that he had to be the odd man out, but I felt like he could have been at five, and I would have mm-hmm. put the modern era guys at, at yeah. six and seven per se. Um, but I have Clawson at, at number four. We've already gone over him, the Iceman, a legendary career, helped yeah. carry Tennessee through the early 2000s. Um, I think the only thing that kept him from being higher on my list is just the postseason, yeah. um, the struggles in the postseason, um, but certainly uh, has etched his mark in Tennessee history. That's fair. Patrick, how are you doing so far? Those good? Well, I yes, and I, I would interject on Heath Schuler that his leaving after his junior year. Now, this this is when it it was first becoming popular to enter the draft early. Sure. So you had a quarterback who who was on another on another uh, aspect one of the first in his. It as a quarterback to be a dual threat quarterback. Sure. Yeah. As we have the modern day 
Um, and I don't think then it was really considered a dual threat. He could just run. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would, he could stretch plays with his legs. He could, um, make things happen. I think, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. He did get injured early in his career. And I think that hampered his development. I think that had he stayed his senior year, he would have had even higher records, higher marks. Mm-hmm. And would have had a better record, but I but I agree, and I, I would have, I'd probably have Casey Clawson as four, Schuler as five, and Condridge as the honorable mention. But even in Condridge's day, you don't even really say a dual threat quarterback. He was the old school, yeah, kind of the the the, the scat back. The mm-hmm. you threw a little and ran a lot, yeah. Well, I, um, Holloway's is, Holloway's a guy too that like imagine if he played nowadays oh like that his his style right. of play would fit yeah. really well into the spread offenses we see now. Right. Um, okay, so let's so go number to, three. Yeah, number three. Um, I've got Hendon Hooker here. Uh, I know he was not here for as long as a bunch of these other guys, but I think Hendon Hooker and what he did, and a lot of people forget what he did the year before that twenty twenty one season. Or excuse me, not twenty twenty one. The twenty twenty two season uh, with, with you know with the, the 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 big year. I guess we'll just call it like that. Um, or I guess that was that twenty twenty three. I'm messing up here. Was that twenty? The big year was twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. 21. Gosh, I, I've got my calendar all mixed yeah. up here, Patrick. Um, but Hooker's Heisman S season, uh, where he produced three thousand five hundred sixty five yards of total offense, completed seventy percent of his passes. Yeah. Uh, efficient. Got yard yardage, um, and then 27 touchdowns with only two interceptions. Rushed 104 times for 430 yards and five scores on the ground. Uh, a hooker's season was just phenomenal, and it was something we hadn't seen in a couple of years for Tennessee fans. You know, we had the the, the dredged years of Jared Garantano oh, and and uh, Joe <laughs> wow. Milton. Joe Milton started that first season. We're like, oh my gosh. Then Hooker gets a chance, comes in a kid from Virginia Tech that you know kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. and then gets his opportunity to start the next season. And what a season that was! A special season. Hooker at three for me. This is where I have Condridge Holloway, uh, and I think it's this is kind of where legacy weighed a little bit more into it for uh-huh. me. Um, the the trailblazer aspect of it. Uh, Condridge Holloway broke so many barriers to play quarterback at yeah. Tennessee um, and also revolutionized the game while he was here as well in his time as a Vol. And I'm like you, imagine if he played today. I mean, yeah. his stats are still very impressive for when he played, mm-hmm. but, man, uh, you know, his style of play, so so unique for the time, um, so revolutionary, and he did so much as a Vol, and we saw that last year when they honored his legacy yes. in the Austin P game. Yes. All right, uh, Patrick, who's so- your three? Well, and I'll weigh in on, on Hendon Hooker at three. I don't know. This this topic kind of hit me flat-footed. But I will say this about Hooker. There, there, one one, one uh, broadcaster was consistently talking before Hooker was even, you know, he was on campus mm-hmm. and that he was broken. That what in the world, this kid, he, he was – there were callers calling in saying, "I was I was a a, a fan previously, and I saw him play quarterback mm-hmm. at his previous school." And he walked off, and he sat on the sideline. He had his head down under a coat. Yeah. And how how are we going to play? And you want to talk about what's so great about Hendon Hooker? 
is it's really, I think, a redemption story. Yeah. Like, this guy was on the scrap heap. Even Heupel didn't know what he had Mm -hmm. and went out and got a guy who was also a a throwaway. Mm -hmm. And what what Hooker did in 2022, and it wasn't, you know, like T. Martin had a great year, the national championship year. Yeah. Um, You know, against South Carolina, he broke the, the, the record or tied the record for most consecutive receptions of the game, I think, it was twenty-one or twenty-two. Twenty-four, but yeah. They yeah. weren't. They weren't throwing the ball down the field. They were no. throwing it in the flat, throwing across the middle. Nothing too deep. They were high percentage throws. Hooker did it in style. Yeah. I mean, we're talking <laughs> how exciting! Yeah. I remember the, the Alabama game. Let me tell my kids and I. I've got three daughters. Mm-hmm. My wife. We're watching the game. I'm sitting. I'm watching it before my eyes, and and I'm 54, so mm-hmm. I, I know at least a half a century of Alabama Tennessee football and, mm-hmm. and what the rivalry rivalry really. I'm, I had my daughter looked at me and she said, "Daddy, you're crying." It was incredible. Yeah, and it was an incredible football game. Yeah, so I'm in agreement. Number two. Yeah, number two for me, T. Martin. Uh, Martin took over the starting job his junior year in 1998, having to fill huge shoes. I think the pressure having to follow up Peyton Manning kind of goes unrecognized. Um, Martin not only had to fill his shoes, but he did so beautifully. Beat six ranked opponents and led the Vols to a perfect season for the first time in more than 30 years. Uh, During that run, he also set the NCAA record for 24 consecutive completions and ultimately went 18-3 18-3 and three as a starter, and Tennessee was top 10 in every game for both seasons under T. Martin, number two for me. Yeah, it's T. Martin. Uh, brought a national championship to Tennessee, the last national championship yeah. up until now, um, and established himself in history as well. I mean, just winning a national championship puts you on this list. Yeah. Uh, when you can do it, you know, in especially in a time in college football, there were so many dominant dynasty teams as well. Um, and so for him to come in and make that impact, and especially to follow up uh, the sheriff mm-hmm. uh, with, I imagine, the only thing that's better than what Peyton Manning did here, and that's win a national championship, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely puts him number two for me. All right, and I think we can all agree here in number one. <laughs> it's pretty uh, obvious, right? Patrick, <laughs> is it pretty safe to say Peyton Manning's number one? Is that safe? Yes, and, and I <laughs> yes, and I I have an honorable mention that y'all for y'all haven't even thought about, but yes, okay. I mean, you have to give it to him. He had every record. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, so he's the only Vol quarterback in the College Football Hall of Fame and Pro Hall of Fame. Uh, Manning is Tennessee's all-time leader in completions, passing yards, and touchdowns. Went thirty-nine and six as a starter and won an SEC title in nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, I don't think there's really. Um, really anything else we need to say of how, how great Payne Manning was. There's a reason why he has his own bar on the strip and, and nicknamed the sheriff. He's he's the king of Knoxville. Um, uh, Payne Manning, number one by far. A hundred percent. I don't think I need to say anything else. Uh, his accomplishments on the field, his enduring legacy off the field, and the presence, the status he holds here in Knoxville, more than enough to put him at number one. Yeah. Patrick, that's a, that, so, that, that a good list, safe list? That that's a good list. Although I, I have a couple of honorable mentions. Okay, hit us with it. That I'm going to give you going way way back. Hank Laricella. Okay. Mm. He was a. It was in back in the the, the single wing, 
He was really a halfback, and this is back when they ran. But he also threw for a number of touchdowns. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame, an incredible athlete, a multi-sport athlete, uh, as I recall. I would also throw in there Andy Kelly. Okay, yep. Who was on the kind of the cusp of the resurgence of Tennessee football under John Majors and then um, uh, Phil, Phil Former. And then I would even go with, uh, you got to give Dickey um, some props for what, didn't he win a bowl game? <laughs> was it the Sugar Bowl? <laughs> yeah. I, or was that, it was it Francis. <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing my memory. I, Who won the Sugar Bowl? Um, I, I'm going to have to go in the archives here. The I can't, Bowl. I can't remember myself. Uh, Cause I was there. I went. Yeah, it was um, it was Dicky. It was Dicky. It was Dicky. Yeah. And he was never supposed to play a down. Yeah, a, a fifth year yeah. senior backup. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being at that game. We played Miami, and it was in Frank Testaverde was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there were Miami people all over the quarter. We sat in the Miami section, and. The, I think the game, if I recall, didn't start off very well for the Vols, but I think they came back in the second half and, and put it on them. And, you know, it, it was a, a foregone conclusion that Miami was going to just beat the tar out of Tennessee that year. Yeah. And that's why it's the Sugar Vols. They're one of the – I think Bino, um, uh, Jeff Henderson, says that's one of his favorite football teams of all time. And he's an old-timer. Yeah, kind of, kind of a, a little bit of an under, underdog story there as well. You know, you talk about Hooker being yeah. an underdog. You got a fifth-year backup in there, and he wins the most valuable player in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, you know how how, how right. common is that? You know, um, well, Patrick, we thank you so much for calling, and we got to hit a quick break right before uh, our it. next uh, our next segment. But thank you so much. Have a good weekend, Patrick. All right, and we come back. We'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on overtime. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows, Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? 
go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com All right, back here on overtime for our final segment of hour number one. Great conversation with Patrick as we went down our list of our top five quarterbacks and uh, Tennessee Vols football history. Uh, really cool segment there. Thank you so much, Patrick, for calling in. Now it's time for our best bets right before the game start. Uh, let's get into mine first. What's constant minus three is my biggest bet of the night. Uh, great guard play, A.J. Strahr and Matt Klesmet. Uh They've had they've got this Wisconsin team at six and adjusted offense. Uh, Strawer is the leading scorer, and Klismet shooting forty three point or forty three percent from three this season. Uh, these two teams battled Michigan State and Wisconsin, and on December fifth. Uh, where Wisconsin went on the road to Michigan State and won 70 to 57. They're back at home playing this one tonight. Um, Badgers have been dominant at home. I like minus three. Uh, Kent State minus three, taking on Ohio, who's 0 and 6 against the spread on the road. Uh, public side is on Ohio. Kent State at home. Uh, dropped their most recent one to Akron. I like them to b- bounce back here, back yeah. at home against uh, an Ohio team that struggled on the road. And finally, California minus one. Uh, 4-0-1 in their last five against the spread after getting healthier in December. Uh, Stanford freshman Cannon Carlisle, 11 turnovers to eight assists in his last two games filling in uh, for their starter, Jared Bynum. Rivalry game, California at home. Minus one, give me the Golden Bears. So California minus one, Kent State minus three, Wisconsin minus three. Those are my three best bets for the night. 
All right, I'm starting off with Seton Hall, plus 9.5 on the road at Marquette. Marquette, a couple losses in conference play, including 1-2, Seton Hall. A couple weeks back, uh, Seton Hall in a good spot to cover a big line. I don't like this 9.5 line um, for Marquette at all. Uh, Seton Hall playing very good basketball, very sneaky good basketball team. Marquette, not really any majorly convincing wins in conference play yet over there. So uh, give me Seton Hall plus 9.5 on the road to sweep the season series with Marquette this year uh, and then my last two are pretty easy they already got mentioned Kentucky minus six and a half at Arkansas over at Bud Walton incredible mm-hmm. bounce back spot for Cal and Kentucky who got flat out embarrassed against South Carolina yep. uh, they need a big game like you said Arkansas not playing well at home at no. all over the past couple weeks um, so Kentucky I mean this is a match made in heaven for them to, to cover this spread and win yep. pretty convincingly tonight and the last one to segue into uh, next hour Chiefs plus four against Baltimore uh, I just did not like taking the Ravens to cover this spread. This is going to be a down-of-the-wire game, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I do not like the idea of betting against Patrick Mahomes, uh, especially not as an underdog. So give me Kansas City on the road, plus four. All right, those are our best bets of the night and for the weekend. On the other side of the next hour, we'll give our breakdown for the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. Get ready for a big weekend of the NFL right here on Overtime. We'll see you in the next hour.